Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Jay Helms, and I'm the founder of this podcast and movement known as the W2 Capitalist. Today, I get an opportunity to introduce you to a new mentee of mine. His name is Preston. Preston is an industrial salesman out of Mobile, Alabama. He and I actually connected. I co-hosted. I was going to say I spoke, but I'm still trying to get over that fear of, of speaking uh, by myself in front of a big crowd, but I co-hosted or co-spoke uh, is probably a more appropriate term to our local RIA or local meet, real estate meetup. I don't think they, Matt calls themselves RIAs, but anyway, uh, local real estate meetup in Mobile, Alabama uh, a couple of weeks ago. And then afterwards, um, Preston Lee, linked up with me through Facebook and we got to talking and, and he's looking for a mentor. So, um, want to introduce you to him. Uh, one thing I love when I talk to Preston, he always, he's always 15 minutes early. Uh, and he always comes with a lot of good questions and a pen and paper, to write those things down on. So some of the questions that he throws at me today, thoughts on long distance investing, we'll get into that. Uh, he has questions about where to start raising money, which is something I struggle with a little bit myself, or at least getting to the next level where I want to go. Advice I would tell my 25 year old self and what is the hot market going? Where is the hot market going? And I kind of get into my trick of the trade of what my little crystal ball is telling me. So, uh, that's, those are the main things we, things. Those are the main things that we talk about today. Let's get into it. W2 Capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. You're upside down again. We'll put you back. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Hang on. You at work already? Oh yeah. Nice. What time do you normally get there? Uh it's it's usually um all right, man. You anyway. All right, man. Well, upside down meetings. I love it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, dude? How's your week been? Uh, it's been pretty good, actually. Uh, I've been off most of this week. As a matter of fact, yesterday was the only day I had to work. So um, that's been nice. It's been nice. Yeah, it's man. been a little, little different. Um, we finished up the tour for the pig meetings um, Tuesday night, uh, which I was happy to do. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I just, you know, public speaking is not my thing, and I'm glad Matt allowed me to, to join him. Um, man, you did a good job. Well, and you were the mobile one, right? Yeah. So that was the worst one out of all of them. I really loosened up. I really kind of got the the feel for it uh, toward the end. You know, it was it's one of those things. Like so, and so Destin was our last one. And uh, each each venue, since he's used to doing it himself, he just has one podium and you know stuff like that. Well, and Destin. We couldn't find another podium, but he gave me his chair and we found a stool. So I was just kind of sitting up there, 
relaxed. Oh, and, and relaxed. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it was a lot better. So if I ever have to do public speaking, I know I need a stool that, you know, and whatnot, but it's all about practice, right? So it's yeah, exactly right. Everything's an exercise. Wasn't that the theme of the yeah. month's meeting? Uh, so very much the same. But uh, so it's been an interesting week. How about how about for yourself? Man, it's been busy. Um, yeah. we're, we're getting ramped up here uh, for the next. I probably won't have an off day until from like after this week is my last weekend off until probably the middle of May. Is that um, normal? It's, you know, in the industrial world, it's outage season. All these okay. plants, they'll shut down in the spring and fall. So in the spring and fall is just like time to know, do some maintenance. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> man, it's, it's rough, but you know, it's only two months out of the year. So that's when you make your money, man. So you I, yeah, I was going to say, that's probably when you, when you, when you, uh, I don't know. People say make your nut, but I, I just don't like that saying for some reason. Make it. Just it's kind of weird. It's a, it's just an off. Co- it's, many mental uh, images coming my yeah. head. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I've got to come up with a different saying for that. That's uh, right. That's right. But yeah. So what's um, up, man? So you found a. Um, I did apartment complex. It was in it was in Bruton. It was in Bruton, Alabama, $1.4 million. I don't remember how many doors it was, but it, uh, man, it's just as soon as I found it, that bad boy sold. Yeah. Is that normal? Uh, in, in this market, it is. Uh, is there a lot of pressure on apartment? I mean, I'm, you know, it's like, good God. Yeah. Well, right now, and this is kind of why, why I've stepped back a little bit from trying to find something. Is, is because of situations like that. Like my, and, and I'll give you another one. My realtor um, sent me a, on, I haven't been Sunday or Monday. And I asked him for, uh, I said, well, give me, you know, give me the T12. Same thing for you. Like I asked you to do is get the T12. So I said, give me the T12. And I said, I always got to ask. I said, is owner financing available? You know? Um, and uh, let's see, I talked to him yesterday because we actually have one of our duplexes up for sale and we got above asking offer for it, uh, which kind of frustrates me a little bit, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's no, it's, 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 if it goes through, it's going to be a great, uh, we'll, we'll have a great return on it. But, um, I asked him, I said, what about that fiveplex? He goes, man, it's already gone. He's Jeez. already sold. He said it was on the market for three days. So I don't understand when I don't understand the market, I kind of pull back and say, okay, this is like me trying to buy stocks. Right. And I've, I've, I want to say I've broke even by buying stocks, but that's just, that's kind of like when you leave the casino and you don't want to feel bad for how much money you spent. Uh huh. Yeah. It's, it's, so I, I've learned that when I don't understand what a market's doing to kind of pull back and just kind of sit back and say, okay, what, let's kind of figure out what's going on. Um, right. One of the things in Pensacola that we started seeing, <clears throat> was a lot of California money coming over really? and buying these properties. Yep. Um, one of the, th- and, and partially because if you, if you talk to anybody in California, they'll tell you how expensive the market is. All right. I've got um, uh, one. Well, I say I've got one girl. She, she lives in Seattle, uh, but her parents live in California doing just like this. She's wanting me to mentor her. And I don't know if we're going to go 
through with it or not. But um, we just got to talking. I've known a couple of people in California, and that's exactly the case. They're not investing there because you're familiar with the one to two percent rule, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you try to buy properties in California, it's almost like the 0.1% or 0.2%. I mean, you're definitely buying for appreciation, uh, which is, you know, it's a roll of dice, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I've got a real good friend who, um, I say real good friend. She's becoming a real good friend. They closed, she lives in California. They closed, they helped syndicate, I think it was like 3,000 doors last year. None of them were in California. Wow. Uh, a good majority of them were in Huntsville, actually. Um, so Huntsville and Dallas and I'm trying to think where else. But yeah, so money comes from, because, you know, out, out in California where you're getting like a 4% or a 6% or 5% cap rate over here, they can get a 7% cap rate. And you know it makes all the difference in the world to them, right? Um, sometimes seven percent, eight percent cap rates don't make the most sense for what, what I'm trying to accomplish, right? But that's that's when they get to beat me out, right? Is saying look right. because that's a good return for them, right? They have right. different investing criteria, and if they can find those properties that do it, great. There's also the thought process of if they've got that much money. But they can, because a lot of times they can come in and just pay cash for them. Right. Is they're Jeez. looking for some kind of tax write off. Right. Right. And I'm not in that situation. You know, I'm not buying <laughs> properties just, just to be able to have a tax write off. No. Um, definitely. I'd like that. to be. <laughs> yeah, you know, not a bad problem to have. Don't get me wrong. No. It's no. not. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, what's your thoughts on long distance real estate investing? I haven't done it yet. Um, there's, there's something about, I haven't done it yet. Primarily, it's not necessarily driving by or or being able to keep tabs on the property. I mean, the, the duplex that we're under contract for, um, right now to sell, um, we've owned it for, I think three years in May and, uh, we've never been in it and it's five minutes from where we live now. So, yeah. So it's not necessarily about that. It's more or less knowing, getting comfortable knowing the neighborhoods, you know? Right. Um, I had a, a good friend of mine reach out to me to, he lives near Huntsville and wanted me to start looking in Huntsville with him. And I was like, man, I don't know anything about the market, you know? And he sent me some addresses and he thought, Hey, this is, this is going to be some good, good areas uh, here pretty soon. And it reminded me of some, you know, I did the virtual drive driving for dollars, right? And got brought it up on Google Maps, and I just started going around the blocks of those those properties. And I was like, ah, he's an inexperienced investor. I don't know the market, you know. So I, I'm not opposed to it. I just have to be comfortable with knowing what the neighborhood actually is, right? right. And I think probably later this year uh, I will do some of that. Um, just, just because of what's going on in Pensacola and Mobile that, you know, it's hard to find, find some deals. Now I was having a conversation Tuesday night about the upside down screen driving you nuts. Dude, like your eyes, you're it's starting to play, some, play with my head. Uh, <laughs> I'm to it. But the, uh, 
the other night I was having a conversation with a lady about she's starting to invest long distance and you know, there's a lot of opportunities in the Midwest. Right. Um, and I said, well, let me, let me ask you, you know, your thoughts on, we, I said, well, let's just agree that we're in a hot market. Right. And she goes, yes. I said, so when a hot market cools off, does that mean that the last properties that went hot cool off first? Right. So if Midwest is now like the hot place to go where the most opportunities are, right. The market takes a downturn, whatever that may be. Does that mean that's the first place that we're going to start losing value in our properties? And she goes, that's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> so I, I, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things that I think there's some opportunity out there that we're going to have to try and find, but um, I'm not going to be in a rush. You know, I'm really going to have to, what it comes down to is I'm going to have to get on a plane and go somewhere and look. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. I've got a, one of the guys in our uh, mastermind group. Um, How do you get in that by the way? Uh, well, you have to have certain investing accomplishments that you don't have yet. <laughs> so my, so my idea of this is to get you past those. So you can, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but you can check it out at, at w2capitalist.com is where okay. that's at. So, um, but, uh, he is in the same spot. He, he, he's a fireman. He lives in California. He can't find anything in California. He's got a buddy. I think he was in Indianapolis. Maybe he flew out there for a couple of days. Uh, now I think the first property they went into was a very eye opener for him. Um, because the cash flow looked really good on it. And then when they went and saw the property, I, I, there was something going on. There was either like a dead dog or, you know, a body outline <laughs> drawn or something oh, in the God. property that was like, it, this it was, is why it cash flows. Exactly. Well, yeah. Um, remember that sliding scale we talked about, right? So, yep. um, so I, I think I'm going to have to find somebody that I trust enough to get on a plane and go look. But I, I don't I don't know what that market is yet, you know. Um I've heard I hear a lot of people talking down about Detroit because of it being a war zone. Right. But um I tend to go where a lot of folks don't want to go. Right. You know? And and with the things that Trump either love him or hate him, you know, he is getting a lot of the car manufacturers to to come back and start building in the US and and I think Detroit's probably going to be one of those areas that that uh, has some. Rebound, if you could get right? in and, and, and lock down a deal now before yeah. that happens, man, that yeah. would be incredible. Yeah, I think that so too. Be, that'd be incredible. But there again, roll a dice. <laughs> well, you, you do, yeah. And, you know, uh, I'd like to go now, but we're, right. you know, two months away from having baby number three and <laughs> there's, Man. there's some things that are, 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 uh, I wouldn't be a very good husband if I just took off. and <laughs> Right. I want to go with you, man, just to analyze, just to be a more support kind of guy. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I got a list of questions for you. Hit me up. Um, what's your thought on vacation? Rentals? Uh, I can't get them to cash flow. Um, typically, uh, I wish I, I wish I could because I mean, we're in the perfect spot you as well to have them. Right. 
but there are three main costs that drive down your cash flow. Number one, you're, you're usually in some type of uh, HOA situation where it's really expensive. Uh, your insurance is going to be really expensive just because of property location. And then your um, property management fees um, are going to be really expensive because it's short-term rental. Right. Um, you know, that's usually about 25% of your stay. So if somebody pays you a thousand bucks to stay for a week, then 250 of that's going to go to the property management company. Wow. Um, and then the other thing too is like in, so Pensacola beach, um, or should I say Escambia County has a tourist development tax. So anything that is deemed a short-term rental, meaning you stay less than six months in one day, you get taxed, uh, the tour, the TDT, which is 11%. So, 250 for property management and then another 110 for the TDT. So, you know, that's what 360. So now you're down to 640 to pay your, so it it quickly eats that up, but I like them. Uh, We've personally looked at some in, um, in the mountains near uh, Gatlinburg pigeon forge area, because we like scooting up there, you know, and, and getting our, mountain fix every now and then. So we've looked at them, um, for personal reasons, uh, mainly just to have one (laughs) that we can go to. Um, but we haven't found one that cash flows and even breaks, you know, and because we use it for personal, we would use it for personal, uh, use. We've actually accepted the fact, Hey, if it, even if it just breaks even, that means that we have a free place we can go spend a right. couple of weeks. Still have been able to do it, you know. Oh man. Yeah. Um let's see. What's your like so like Grant Cardone's deal was like three his first deal was like three point two million dollars. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. um and he says, you know, I was watching some of his videos of the day. He's like, man, you know, nothing less than thirty two doors. Hmm. For somebody, you know, my situation um, starting out, is that something that is like you, you think is, you know, biting that much off? I can, I'm not saying I can't do it because I know I can't, but like biting that much off at, at, on your first deal, what's your? So my first deal was a one bedroom, one bath. I paid $23,000 for it. Right. Um, we put 9000 into it. And it rented for six hundred dollars a month right away. Um, so I'm at the opposite end of that scale. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and two, you know what I, I I love the enthusiasm and the motivation that Grant brings, but you also have to realize that he is trying to sell a product, which is his education right. business, right? So if he's out there encouraging people to buy single families or whatnot, then it goes. He kind of contradicts himself, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, However, I, there is some advantage of, you know, closing on one property and having multiple doors, um, you, you know, depending on how much access you have to cash, you know, drives that it, it, at the end of the day, there really, there's not a whole lot of difference between a single family residence and a small apartment complex, small or small to medium. A lot of people say small is two to four, Right. And then anything above that's commercial. But, you know, until you get to like, 
a hundred and I think it's like 150 or maybe 215 doors, then it really becomes a different, um, beast, so to speak, mm-hmm. not necessarily a beast, just a different asset. Right. So, um, I, you know, I think there's, there's, there's ways that you can get into, if you want to do multifamily, you know, you can start with, um, you know, two to four units or find I, I still like the single families, um, or the small family, uh, small multifamilies because of the financing that you can get on it. Right. Right. So financing for commercial property is, um, is typically going to be for a higher interest rate. Now the, the difference to that is if you get into the million dollar plus that you're financing, you typically get a better rate, but you're going to have a balloon on it, right? You're going to have a five-year arm, uh, typically, which, which right now with how the feds moving the rates, you don't know where that's going to end up. Right. So when you analyze those deals, you've got to be a little bit more conservative with that to where on a single family or a two to four unit, you prop, you apply for conventional financing. You're going to have that 30 year fixed. Right. Right. So, which is going to help with your cash flow. Um, you know, I, to answer your question, because I feel like I'm going around the, <laughs> around the <laughs> elbow to go, man. But, but um, you have to do what you're comfortable with, right? Your risk tolerance. Uh, for m- my wife and I, because we had the cash to pay for this house and, and just uh, dive into it without worrying about a mortgage or dealing with partners or anything like that. You know, for us, it was that single family home. Um, but you know, I, I mean, as long as the numbers work for what you want to, you know, for your criteria, I, I mean, I wouldn't say, you know, you know, it's so great. I haven't listened to Grant in a while. I was talking to, to a guy yesterday, how I'd have to take a break every now and then from Grant. Yeah. Um, so he's up to 32 doors now. It used to be 16. He wouldn't look at anything below with, you know, 16 doors. So, um, again, he's selling this product of uh-huh. syndication. So, but he, he's got a lot of good stuff. You know, obviously he's had some success in what he's doing. I, I think you, you just have to say, okay, what's my risk tolerance and, and look at it. But at, at the end of the day, until you get over a hundred, hundred units uh, on a single apartment, a single family and a multifamily, there's, there's a lot of similarities. Right. Right. And that's kind of, you know, why I lean more towards the uh, multifamily is because yeah. more, you know, door you can get under one roof is, um, I think that's just way more beneficial, but man, it's just so tough to come by. Right now it you is. Know? You're right. It's, it's like, man, you know, cause like I want to, I want to get the freight train off, and, you know, yeah. get the block out and get it rolling. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. man, I can't even, I can't even supply the thing with gas, you know? <laughs> um, and I mean, I've, I've reached out to every realtor I know. Yeah. It's like, bring them, bring them to daddy. Yeah. I don't even know if I can close on them, but just bring them here. Well, yeah. It, and they may know that too, right? So they right. may, they may be thinking that in the back of their mind, what's going to take some time is you've got to develop a relationship with those guys. Right. To, um, uh, so they trust that you can close, right? Because those guys get paid on the transaction. 
Right. And that's it. So that <clears throat> they have an opportunity to come their way. They're going to bring it to the guy that can feed them essentially. Right. You know, so, um, uh, I know we talked about your personal financial situation a little bit, but I, I kind of got the sense that you would have to raise some money to close mm-hmm. on a property like that. So, um, you, you know, how much of that activity are you doing? And I know it's just I since, since we talked. I haven't done any. Um, cause I really don't, I mean, I, and that's another question is where to, where to, where to, where do I begin with that? I've never, you know, raising private, you know, I reached out to Matt and, um, you know, talk to him a little bit because yeah. <clears throat> that was the first person I, I realized that did that kind of private money thing. <clears throat> I've never, um, you know, my, my, my parents aren't in a spot to be able to do that um, with what they've got going on now. And I, you know, where would you recommend looking, you know, where do you go? Hey everybody, I want to take a break from the action real quick and point you over to Passive Real Estate Investor Academy. It's one of our affiliate sponsors for the show. Um, Annie Dickerson, who leads up the academy there, I've met her, I met her at a conference last year. I uh, wanted to meet her because she is actually on uh, one of our posts, uh, 12 sites every financial freedom seeker should know about. Uh, the things that they're doing at Good Ag Investments, uh, I'm just amazed by. Uh, she had a very successful W2 career, but also uh, I think it was last year, uh, 2018, she was able to pull her parachute cord and become a corporate dropout and focus on real estate investing full time. So, and by that, I mean her and her partner are now syndicating deals through their uh, corporation, Good Egg, Good Egg Investments. And what I'm most impressed by these these ladies, what they're doing is they closed, I think it was around 3,500 doors last year. Um, and now they're teaching, they've launched this course, Passive Real Estate Investor Academy, uh, to teach people what it really means to become a passive real estate investor and working with syndicators, whether you work with them or not, helps you understand what a passive real estate investor is all about. So check them out. We have a specific link for you. You can find it at helmsrei.com slash P-R-E-I-A. All right, let's get back to it. Sorry. Um, so you have to be careful about how you go about doing that. Uh, there are some SEC regulations uh, that prevent you from um, just going out and uh, grabbing a billboard uh, and, and you know advertising properties or trying to raise funds for um, you know I'm going to say REIT, but it's not really a REIT. Um, so there there are some legal things that you have to navigate. Uh, for your protection and for the investor's protection. Uh, and your lawyer will definitely help you do that. The other thing you got to realize too, is is there's a, you hear accredited investors, which is somebody who has a million dollar net worth or makes 250,000 annually. And there's a sophisticated investor who I believe is who you have a relationship with. And, um, they understand the risk of participating, right? Right. So usually um, I've only dealt with sophisticated, right? People I know, uh, and and basically it was, uh, we found the deal, uh, we put it under contract, and then we started asking uh, people to participate uh, that we knew we thought had the money or that we 
thought they knew people who had money. Now, there are some gray areas, right, right there that we should have definitely done that part first because uh, our lawyer basically, or my lawyer basically told me, that, you know, the, the law basically states that they have to be a friend. And then it gets into what's your definition of a friend, right? Is it somebody you know on Facebook? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but his, his definition is your very first conversation with that person cannot be about investing in whatever deal. Right. So I would, what I've started doing is I sat down, I wrote down a list of everybody that I thought uh, would want to participate. And I sent them an email, told them what I was doing, told them, you know, that I'm starting to look for properties. If you've ever had any interest in this, uh, let me know. I'd love to talk to you. That was it. Right. And these are people who I already had established relationships with. So I did that first. Um, and then um, I reached out to, you know, I just made a post on Facebook about, mm -hmm. hey, here's what I'm here's what I'm doing. Uh, I didn't ask for people to contact me because there's there's folks on there that I don't necessarily know all that well. Right. Um, but, you know, so you have to be careful about because you how you do that. What I would do, you know, what I've done before is I've asked people, I'll take them to lunch or go grab coffee with them or whatever and tell them what I'm trying to do. If they're not interested, ask them if they know anybody who's done investing before in real estate. Chances are somebody in your circle knows somebody who's involved in real estate. And then you ask them for an introduction. Look, man, I'd love to go pick that guy's brain. You know, uh, how do I get in touch with him? So you start developing those relationships and it's a long, it's a long process, but that's, that's where I started. Right. Right. Um, I've got two people. Uh, the owner of the company I worked for has said he would partner on some stuff. Um, and the CFO, he owns an apartment complex in Pensacola. It's like a 70 something door apartment complex. I don't know the name of it. I'll find that out. He's actually talked about selling it before. So, okay. <laughs> uh, hey man, yeah. let me know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, he's about to buy a business somewhere in like Michigan somewhere. So okay. he's trying to get some cash. He's trying to get some cash. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so he's talked about selling that one. So, uh, anyway, just dropping that seed in, yeah. your, in, yeah. your, in, no. in your plant. So Absolutely. Yeah, I've got, and he knows, you know, that's the guy that, that knows the, he's, you know, he's a big time, you know, he's a pretty big player. I think, I don't know, he owns four or five vacation units in 30A and uh, an apartment complex. So he's, he's fairly you know, knowledgeable of the real estate world. Yeah. Um, so that would, that would really be uh first stop is there. Yeah. And I, I've talked to him a little bit about it and uh, you know, but he also does know that, I'm not thoroughly, he knows I have experience with real estate, but I haven't, I don't have any buying whole properties or he knows about I've done some wholesale stuff, but yeah, you know, he knows he's like, you know, he, he'll, he should understand what's going on. Yeah. Well, I think it's awesome that it's, it's the company you work for and they're willing to have those conversations with you openly. You know, I think that's, yeah. that's awesome. That's an advantage that a lot of us don't have. Chris <laughs> yeah. uh, Smith, the owner, he, uh, we actually went to lunch probably two weeks ago. 
He said, man, the regret that I've got now is not buying enough real estate. That's what he said. It's the only regret that mm. I don't that I have right now. Um, yeah. He said, I've made millions of dollars, but the one thing <clears throat> I wish I'd have done more is bought more real estate. Yeah. Um, he said, because he knows people that just went on a crazy buying spree. This is back in you know, the 70s, 80s. Mm. He said, dude, their net worth is ungodly. It's yeah. crazy how much money they're worth. And <clears throat> so he's more on the commercial, like strip mall. That's his gotcha. knowledge of real estate. You know? Okay. So he told me, you know, find, find, find that and we'll, and we'll do it together. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I, I'm, you know, strip malls have not been something that I've, uh, people always need a place to live, but people don't always start businesses, you know? So. Yeah. And you know, with, um, cause my mentor has been telling me the same thing for years. <laughs> He's like, man, yeah. find you a strip mall, uh, make sure it's a good location and, and put everybody on triple net leases and it's, it's fine. So same thing. Yeah. And, and he's, so he's in his late sixties and he's been doing this since he's your age. Mm-hmm. So it's hard not to listen to him because mm-hmm. he's, uh, he's worth way more than I am and, and <laughs> ever will be. But, um, it, you know, I just, I also weigh the fact of is, you, you know, when they started buying, when he started, I don't know the age of your buddy uh, or your boss, but when he started buying commercial, um, there was no Amazon, you know, and there was no, there was no, uh, hell, I, th- I think I saw where, where Taco Bell is now delivering food, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, if, if we get into a spot where everybody's just delivering everything, Mm-hmm. then maybe we just need to go buy stock and you and you uh ups and, or fedex and you know FedEx. and, and yeah. um you know if anything buy these old these not strip malls but the malls that are shut down because those are going to be needed for for shipping centers mm-hmm. or convert them into um uh, retirement villages you know or something like that so i don't I, it's still something I can't get my head wrapped around, but it's funny that you mentioned that um, uh, as a as something you're getting advice on too. But I, I just can't, you know. There, there's a guy, and I, I'll try to look up um, the Bigger Pockets episode. But there's a guy who specializes in doing just that, and he looks for um, places that things that you can't go to an online business like. Uh, a haircut place or a subway or uh, there was one more that I thought was pretty, pretty smart, but I can't remember it, remember it now. But so the, the only offer I've ever made on a strip mall was there was a hair salon in there. It'd be a perfect place for like a subway or some kind of sandwich shop. And then there was a long-term tenant. There it was like a doctor. Mm-hmm. I think that was the other thing. It was a doctor's office. And I couldn't get the numbers to work for what they were asking for or what they wanted out of it. So I made my, I took my best swing and they politely just said no. (laughs) So, um, but anyway, that happens, right? Yep. Um, let's see. All right. Here's a good one. If you were 25 again, what would you, I know what you know now. Yeah. What would you do? Um, hey man, I'm digging deep. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm thinking there's so many different things that I would do differently. <laughs> I, I would, I would probably, um, real estate wise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> real estate, man. Not, yeah. Well, see, that's, I would, I would house hack. I would, I would find a four unit, um, building and live in one side and rent out the other three and then, and repeat that process until, um, until I got married. So I was, so I was at the time. So (laughs) I got a year. So uh, I get married a a year from today, a year from today. So, you can house hack one. Well, yeah, I don't know. Y'all may be living together. I don't we know. We are. We yeah. are. So um, I'm ready to get out of that one and turn that one into a rental property. Um, I think it will cash flow fairly well. Yeah. Um, mortgage on it, it's $750. And uh, I think that's $1,100. I mean, I don't know what would the expenses be after you get a minus all your vacancy expenses. Yeah. Like crap, you know, it should be about two fifty, two hundred dollars a month, something just, you know, and only go up because Sarah Lynn's a growing yeah. market right now. So it is definitely is, man. It's, it is absolutely insane. Um, about how quick, how, all right. What do you know about the foreclosures and how, so like, the first process, you know, when I'm, you know, don't have anybody to bounce ideas back off of, which is awesome, by the way. Um, sure. You know, the, the, the first thing I'm thinking me and Summer agreed on was, you know, buy a house, rehab it, get that cash to be able to go buy something else. Um, and that's even turned to be, you know, there, there's some people um, with relationships in the Sarahland area and mobile area that are, you know, well-established people that can close on deals that, that have a relationship with somebody and they, they get first shot at every mm-hmm. single foreclosure or good deal in the area. And I don't know who to go to, to start trying to build those relationships. Is it the banks? Is it who, 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 where do I need to start? Yeah. Um, so if, so REO, right? Real estate owned foreclosures are owned by mostly the banks. Um, there are realtor brokerages that that focus uh, specifically on foreclosures, right? So, I, and I don't know who that is for the Mobile uh, County uh, Port City Realty. So I'd start there. I, I would try. To, I would create a relationship with um, that brokerage find a realtor that you, you drive with and, um, they'll be able to, um, get you some, you know, get you up the pecking order, so to speak on those. And, and, um, you know, I think I, I saw, I keep this thing with me, man. This is, this is my, this is my folder of life here. There you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got everything I ever needed. Um, so like old Matt's thing here. And, um, one one pretty good size blow was uh, no foreclosures or short sales on the private funding deal. Yeah, for the fix and flip loans. Yeah, um, that kind of stinks. Yeah, so where? But just because he doesn't doesn't mean that other private money lenders won't. 
right? Right. And uh, that's something that I don't have any experience with is private money. Um, I anticipate that changing later this year. Yeah. But uh, it's not anything that I can, you know, it's very much, you know, the only thing that I've doing my research and what I've discovered about private money is that it's, it's short term and the interest rates are not going to be as favorable, right. As what you can get from a bank right. lending institution, but for, for everything else, it's pretty much the same exercise, but that's coming from somebody who's only done research and hasn't actually gone through the process yet. Yeah. I just want to, I want I just want to get through something, man. And just you're man, I could, get your first deal done, aren't you? I'm just, that's all I want, man. Whether it be a rehab, <laughs> something, man, just to have something to hang my hat on. Cause, yeah. um, <clears throat> done all this research, study it and learn it, you know, and I, I got super discouraged with the market conditions. Um, mm. and, and I think, you know, I, I told myself, man, let's just hold off. And, uh, and I, I don't know if that's the right play just to hold off. I, I feel like, uh, well, the, the only, the only bad investing decision is one that you don't truly understand. And then one that you get emotional about. And so I, and I was telling my, um, realtor that I work with that, that five plex he sent me, it is a, it was an older home. So it is one of these, I mean, just beautiful 1900 homes that has, have been converted. And I told him, I said, the reason why I wanted all those numbers, I said, because I like the, I like what you sent over. Right. And, and I said, the only thing is those homes, I love the look of them. And I said, when I, what I've determined is that when I have that feeling, Oh man, that's a beautiful house. That's an emotion right? right? that does not need to be involved in investing because that emotions tend to make you do things that are not toward your criteria, right? To your best interest. So, um, you got to watch out for that. I know you're eager to, to jump in and do it. Mm-hmm. And, but you don't want to do something that you don't, um, fully understand right now. Is there a chance you're going to make a mistake? Sure. But if you go into this and say, okay, here's my investing criteria. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to find the perfect deal for this. I'm going to be patient and that's something I have to work on every now and then. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be patient. And then I'm going to dive into this deal knowing that here's what I expect. And either it's going to meet and exceed those expectations or it's not. And if it doesn't, then you try to figure out, okay, why did it not turn out that way? Right. If it does meet and exceed, then you got to figure out how to rinse and repeat. Right. But don't get in a hurry to buy something just because you want to hurry up and buy something. I know, man. And that's, you know, I did, I, I look, I search the freaking market heavily uh, about three times a day. Yeah. And, and you're uh, talking about the MLS. Uh, I've actually, um, this place is full of real estate people, man. The, the VP, the admin. You department. Even know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or maybe I you did. <laughs> I know I didn't. I had no idea. And, uh, it's crazy how it all worked out, man. Cause I left the place where they, you know, I was, trying to do the wholesale thing when I was working at a, the valve place I used to work at and they hated it, man. They were like, man, get back to work. I'm like, no, I'm telling my work. I'd come in at five 30 and bust my butt and get all my work done. <clears throat> so I could, um, uh, been like the half day looking at real estate stuff, same amount of work done, same productivity. Yeah. I just come in earlier, didn't charge them for it, clocked in at seven and, uh, they hated it, man. So 
I want to believe in there coming here and freaking Chris Smith is a owner of 12 or 13 um, real estate buildings in the mobile area. Mm-hmm. Uh, he owns the company and uh, you know, Jeremy's big real estate guy yeah. and the VP, the admins, he's a real estate person too. Which That's he's awesome. Made. Yeah. That's uh, awesome that you, cause yeah, I, I won't get into too much detail, but I, I'm very similar situation. You know, mm-hmm. where the company I work for now, people are starting to raise their eyebrow about what do you, how, how dedicated are you? Are you not committed? Yeah. Um, Here's those conversations. I was like, yeah, let me, y'all don't see me getting up at four forty-five in the morning. To exactly. us, you know? Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Um, just going to keep, keep searching, man. When I find something that, uh, you know, and I, I think I could find a rehab now. Yeah. Um, it might be in the mobile area, but you know, all these, I, I, I'm on, I keep getting deals from all these wholesalers and they just shoot over it's, like, I'm not going to spend, man. Yeah. I'm not going to be there when the sun goes down type deals. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, not something I want to, I want to do. And I tossed around a section eight stuff, but hey, there's an apartment complex in Chickasaw that's for sale. Uh, that's another thing I forgot to write down. <clears throat> it's a big one. It's in a, I don't know if Chickasaw, Chickasaw is a growing area. Okay. Um, but Where this, is that? I don't know much about Chickasaw. I, I'll send you an address on it. Okay. Um, it is a, Chickasaw was just like Saraland. So I think okay. Chickasaw might be the growth of Saraland might push that way. Okay. Because so Saraland is Northeast. It's, it's South. South okay. of Saraland. Okay. Because, you know, Saraland right now, I, I don't think um, if you drive through there at five o'clock, you can't fit another car yeah. in this <laughs> area, you know? Yeah. And, and I don't, we don't have enough places to live to sustain that. Yeah. So I think it's got to go Satsuma or Chickasaw, right? So it potentially has some 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 potential, but uh, outside, yeah. right now I don't I don't know that it's a good move because the area it's in is right next to a serious war zone. Mm. Um, or I, it used to be. Yeah, I used to work at the Rite Aid in Chickasaw. Um, there's bullet holes in the freaking windows, you know. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah That's the way you want to be. But uh anyway. Um it, it is for sale. It's been for sale for a while and that might be why it's still for sale. It could be the area that it's in. So I mean I'll send you the address, you can analyze yeah. it and uh yeah, um check it out. Something okay. you I look at it. The price doesn't look too too bad. I know that that Bruton one, I really liked it because uh yeah, I know. You know, I call on the GP Bruton Hill, and uh, anyway, but it's gone. So yeah, whatever. <laughs> no one makes it. Yeah, <laughs> but I just I hope I don't lose that drive. You know, like the well, drive. Yeah, and I don't think you will. Um, sound, you know, and just I was just thinking earlier when I jumped on, I was like, man, it's fifteen minutes before, and you're already on here, which you've done every time we've talked. So I think that shows how excited and. Um, it's going to be hard to change that. You know, the other thing too, here's what I want to challenge you to do is that. And I think it's okay. You're uh, where you are in your real estate investing journey to have this problem, but you know, you've mentioned fix and flip, you've mentioned um, 
foreclosures, you've mentioned apartment buildings. Um, but do you know your investing criteria for all those different types? Like what you want to make out of it, where the property has to be located, all those different things. So if you don't know those and you shook your head, no, right? So, um, to keep you from going crazy and trying to look at every deal that comes by, spend some time uh, establishing those criteria. Because right now, like if, like for example, the other day, <clears throat> I've got to get me some wireless earbuds because I just about ripped my earlobe off. <laughs> Accidentally in that thing. Um, but um, the other day when my realtor sent me that apartment, uh, that five unit, I looked at the deal. Um, he sent me over, you know, the rent and expenses that were reported on the, on the MLS and the purchase price. And I knew five minutes after looking at it that, Hey man, this could be a really good deal. Right. But because I, it was the type of house it was, and I know I'm going to get emotionally, I didn't want to, yeah, I'd rather him just not show me the picture. Right. Maybe right. I need to tell him that when I talked to him today. Um, but, I knew within five minutes that, Hey, this, this is going to work, right? Let's just verify. So you want to trust the numbers, but you also want to verify them. Let's just verify the numbers and then we'll make, we'll make an offer. And unfortunately it was gone before, before that. So, um, but it's because I knew, I know my criteria, right? And once you get those established, then you can look at deals and you can start, analyzing them very quickly um, and get through a lot of them. So when the right one comes along, you know, exactly, there is no question about it, you know, and you can move pretty quick on it. Right. So, so spend some time thinking about, <coughs> you know, I've never technically fixed and flipped uh, anything. I've had a couple of living flips, but I don't consider those actual flips when you live, live in it for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. um, live and repair. Yeah, live in repair. Um, but, you know, come up with your criteria for a fix and flip. A lot of people say that you want um, your ARV to be, uh, now I'm, I'm going to back up, they, your purchase price on a flip is going to be 30% of your ARV, and then your uh, rehab is 30% of your ARV, and the remainder is going to be your profit and to cover your costs for your realtor expenses. All right. Now, I don't know how accurate that is, but um, that's one way to look at it. You know, there's multiple different ways. So if you want to do a fix and flip, you know, look at, um, try to figure out what those numbers are. Same with uh, buy and hold. Um, now buying a hold from a one unit to a four unit your investing criteria should be different than a, a five unit and above. Um, just because five units and above, you're probably going to have some sort of partners and it's, it is a little bit different how you analyze those deals just because they're considered commercial. Right. But spend some time on doing that. All right. I kind of have a, a generalized idea, but I really want to dive in on that. I think that's a good idea. Well, yeah, it, it always help. It always helps me to get it down on paper. Right. So if I, um, get it down on paper and then I start practicing, uh, taking those swings at looking at deals, even if they're not available anymore, um, to see how well those numbers fit, it, it just helps ingrain it you know, that much further into your, 
into your mind. So when that deal come does come by that you th- I think that may be a good deal. It's not think, you know, right? So then right. act quicker on it. Yep. All right, man. Well, uh, pretty much answered all my questions. Good deal. Sure did. And then I guess one was, you know, what do you think the market, how would larger, I think this will be more of a uh, demographic question really, but how do you like to, you know, say, because right now I don't think anybody is fully aware as where this market's about to go. (laughs) We're on like a, what, a a 12 year cycle. What is, where where are we at? Uh, Um, Yeah. It's, I don't know if we're on a seven, eight, nine was the last bubble and we're at 2019. So we're, a ten-year cycle, so well, I, I don't know, man. I've I've heard, I've been hearing, and I've asked every realtor I come across. You know, man, what do you think? You know, what's your thoughts? Where you at? And uh, what are they telling you? They're telling me. Um, one guy, Paul Henderson. He uh, he's one of the ones I'm going to lean on pretty good. He's a big commercial guy. He uh, he's saying uh, like a six-month bubble. Not really a a crash, but a six month bubble, and then right back up mm-hmm. for our area. That's what he's thinking. So, and I hear people that are, you know, Jeremy, CFO guy with the department. He's he's saying people that he's talking to are still saying bye bye bye. And uh, you know, it's just like you get an answer here, answer. It's all opinionated. You know, nobody knows. And, um, it's- so. It's extremely opinionated. Um, I have my own version, <laughs> but there, there is uh, and I posted this in the Facebook group um, a while back, but there, and, and somebody has gone back and identified the revenue cycles, right? Or not revenue cycles, but the, uh, the market cycles. And, and usually now there are a couple of outliers um, and this goes back a couple hundred years. So there are a couple of outliers like the great depression, Right. Um, which put us on a 43 year, uh, incline, <laughs> you know, so, but overall it's, it's, I think the average or the median number was 18 years. So if given what you think is, you know, 12 years, and I think you go off of when it starts to come back up, right. Not necessarily when it started going down. So, you know, in my opinion, 2010, 2011 is when we started, um, seeing things go, go up. Um, so we're, I'm a little bit, the way I look at it, it's a little bit different than what you've looked at it. Right. So I, I think there's upside for guys who buy for appreciation. Mm-hmm. I don't buy for appreciation. Um, just because I, you know, it's, it's an unknown. I mean, it's, it's a, it's just another risk that I'm not really wanting to take. Right. Um, I think the, what the fed's going to do as far as rates is, is really going to drive what the market's going to do. Um, there's also some key leading factors. If you look into, um, what was it called? Uh, the GDP growth rate. Mm-hmm. I think I'm getting that wrong. I ran out of coffee this week. <laughs> Uh, and I'm going to blame it on that. So that's why I'm drinking a Coke here at some, but you had ordered your books and fly yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, there's, there's some, there's some indicators that show that it's going to slow down. I, th- what my 
crystal ball is telling me, right, is that uh, sometime in the next year or so, we'll see it to start to dip. Uh, here in, in the neighborhood that I live in, we have probably two or three months ago, we started seeing properties sit on the market longer. Uh, prices starting to drop. You know, I kind of feel like we're already starting to see it come down. Um, but I think if, if the Fed keeps raising rates, obviously things are going to slow down. Uh, now, I did see some suggestion that they're, they're not going to raise it at all this year, which would be amazing. Um, but I, I think we're, we're going to, contrary to what your realtor friend told you, I, I think it's going to be a slower dip and I think it's going to be a longer dip. So um, slower to go down and probably a year or two before it starts to recover. Huh. So the only, and one of the main reasons that I'm kind of sitting on the sidelines and trying to figure out what's going to happen uh, is, is, you know, if we found properties like that five plex that I knew are going to cash flow, we would jump on them. Right now. I didn't, apparently I didn't jump quick enough <laughs> the other day uh, because though the market conditions that everybody's talking about don't necessarily affect um, the asset class that we buy. Right. Because the asset class that we buy is not a class properties. We're not looking for appreciation. We're not looking to rent them out for $2,000 a unit, whatnot. We're sticking, you know, somewhere in between that, 600 to $800 a month rent, which most everybody can afford right in the B to C class area. And if the market, if the economic market takes a downturn where a bunch of people get laid off like they did in 08, 09, um, then that just means that our asset class is going to drop down a grade, right? So right. that we would inherit those class A property dwellers you know, does that make sense? It does. It does. Yeah. So I, I don't necessarily look at what the market's going to do is more focused on trying to find a property that meets our criteria. And then, cause you know, we're, again, it's, it's how much risk are you willing to take? Um, you know, I'm getting the itch where I do want to flip a property and I mm -hmm. close on this, the duplex we're selling that'll be a conversation my wife and I have <laughs> if that's something we want to take on right now um, with baby number three. they all want to do it, man. They just want to get that Chip and Joey and a Gaines feel. In there, you know? <laughs> like, man, I, I wanna, I'm so excited about doing this. I'm like, yeah, do it because he's going to be like, pointing fingers and I'll be in there uh, working like away, that. you know. But, um, you know, I don't know. I just – you know, I know what's worked for us in the past and I don't see any reason why to change the formula, you know, right. it's not sexy. It's not cool. But at the, at the beginning of the month when those rent checks coming in, it's pretty nice. I got, I, I, Hey man, one day. Yeah. <laughs> one yeah. day. So yeah. that's awesome, man. man. Um, well, cool. I've, uh, I've got to get back to work, but, yeah. um, yeah, man. I will hold on today, but I, I'm happy to do it. It's good stuff. Yeah, man. yeah I hope so, man. Uh, it's just nice to have some. I've never had somebody bounce ideas off of because, you know, they always say entrepreneurship is very lonely. And it, <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, because people that I've, you know, grew up with are like, they're just blue collar, go to work, 
get you checked, go drink beer on the weekends, yep. you know, and uh, not me, man. So, All right. So, well, um, so my challenge between now and the next time we talk is to spend some time developing those investing criteria. Okay. Okay. We'll do it, man. I guess I'm on, I'm on, I'm on book a Thursday morning again. Do it. So, do it. um, you have access to my calendar and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk again soon. All right, man. All right, buddy. I'll talk man. to you soon. Have a great weekend. You too, brother. All right. See you. Bye.